appreciate Sister Kayla. Amen. Appreciate her. Let's give her a hand as well. Amen. Amen. That's homegrown right there. Home. Been at Agape her whole life, I think. That's a home, homegrown saint. <laughs> amen. I like what the Lord has done in her life. And amen. And that she's a, a blessing. Amen. As she gets up here many times to sing and minister. I meant to say something about that Sunday, but she's a blessing to us. I appreciate her. I want her to know that she's just walking off, hugging folks, acting like she don't hear me. I appreciate you, Sister Kayla. Amen. And the anointing that's on her life. Amen. And so many others. Amen. As well. Amen. This is not just a one-man show. There are many anointed ministers and singers and various ones. Amen. That make this collective body that we call the church. Amen. And so I appreciate you all for helping me and assisting me and um, and just being, uh, you know, in, on a team with me. Amen. All right. Uh, communion will be on this Sunday. I've announced that for the last uh, several weeks, and so it shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody. Uh, I'll open up the class tonight with a question. Uh, why do we serve communion? Can anybody just explain it just in a nutshell, why we serve communion? Um, okay, we'll start with Elder White. Yes, sir. Communion is a fellowship with Christ. All right. Okay, amen. All right, and it just simply put on the screen, this do in remembrance of me. Amen. So we remember the Lord um, and his sacrifice that he made. Uh, anybody else want to say something about communion? What does it make you think of? Or what does it put you in? Yes, Sister Tawana. Mm -hmm. That's good. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Not a, it's not a trick question. Yeah, Sister Brown? All right, so all right. Amen, amen. And so without the shedding of the blood, there's no remission of sins. And so we certainly do want to remember and thank God for the shedding of his blood. Uh, remember the sacrifice that he made at Calvary. Um, I know that's, uh, it's, it's not Easter time or Resurrection Sunday, rather. Um, but I think we ought to remember it all year long. Amen. Amen. And so forgive me if it doesn't seem like it's the right season, if it's not springtime. Or, but we're going to remember the Lord. And we ought to do it just all the time. You know, as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. All right. And so we haven't had communion in, in quite a long time. And so I just felt like we ought to do that. Amen. And always keep the Lord in our, uh, the forefronts of our mind. Uh, let's go back to the book of Exodus today because we can find... Um, the roots of the Last Supper of Communion would be found um, in Passover, all right? And so we can find this in Exodus chapter number 12, and I don't even know where I'm going to start reading that, so y'all just bear with me tonight. Um, all right, and we know the story about uh, how Israel had gone into captivity for 400 years. The Lord had allowed Egypt to be a sort of incubator where he would grow this nation, but they were enslaved there for over 400 years. But it came time for the people to go free. Um, and he sent a man by the name of Moses, all right? And Moses goes there, and he, he comes you know, before Pharaoh, let my people go. But, of course, Pharaoh refuses. His heart is hardened. He will not let the people go. Um, and the Lord sends ten consecutive plagues upon the people. And it seems like one plague after another, he never would let the people go until... The final plague, it got his attention and it changed his mind, all right? So let's go ahead and go here down to maybe verse number, eeny, meeny, miny, um, 
Where y'all think we should start? Holler back for I will pass through the land. Maybe 12. No, let's go back up a little bit. Um, all right, let's, let's just maybe start at verse 1. <laughs> I was trying to help y'all expedite things. We'll start there. All right, and I'll read a little bit to you, and then you can read back to me. All right, you got your Bibles ready? And we're, we're awake. It's getting a little harder to come to Bible class now, ain't it? It's dark outside, cold. Y'all eating a little bit more of them heavy meals. <laughs> you know how those fall-time meals, oh, hey, you start eating a little bit different, you know, and we wearing, got to put a coat on and things, and it's dark outside, but I'm glad you pressed your way out to church. All right? Now, this is just the beginning. It's only going to get a little worse. So let's just stay in there and get through these uh, colder months and keep pressing our way to the house of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. So this month, I want you to make it like your January, your first month. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of the month, they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers. A lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. All right, let me get a, let's do a New Living Translation on that, on um, verse number four, if you don't mind, please. If a family is too small to eat a whole animal, let him share with another family in the neighborhood. Divide the animal according to the size of each family and how much they can eat. All right. Verse number five. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and ye shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. All right. Verse number seven. How about you read a few verses? Go ahead. Verse seven. Verse 10. All right. And thus shall ye eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night. And will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. All right? So hence the name uh, Passover. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Let's just keep on going for a little while. Verses 14 through 16, you can go ahead and read.
All right, so in other words, this is not just something I want you to do on this particular night, but I want you to do this for how long? For how long? Forever. So in other words, keep this going, keep it moving. Don't forget about this. And why do you think he would want them uh, to continue to do this even after they had come out of Egypt? And as a what? Yeah, to commemorate as a memorial, you know, so we want to always remember what the Lord did. He brought you out of Egypt 400 years. You know, how soon we forget what the Lord will do. And so there are certain things that we do so that we will always remember, you know. Now, I know there's, there's times that we want to take certain days. Um, I've often said before, you know, on Memorial Day, a lot of you all, you just do a big old cookout and you don't even remember the fallen soldiers. You know how we do. We got barbecue, got your cousins over, you know, got some uh, lemonade, nice tea and everything else out there. And then the whole day goes by, but you fail to remember um, what the actual day was for. All right. And I, I feel that that can actually happen. And we're going to get around to that in a little while here with, with even with communion. You know, we can make it about everything else and we can lose the purpose sometimes. All right. And it, it can become just another day and we don't make it special. And that's what the Lord doesn't want us to do. So they want us to keep this as a uh, as a memorial. Seven days shall you eat unleavened bread. Even the first day you shall put away leaven out of your houses for whosoever eateth leaven bread from this first day until the seventh day. That soul shall be cut off from Israel. So no leaven. You don't have time to be letting no bread rise. And leaven, we know, is a symbol of what? It's a symbol of sin, all right? All right, and so just all it takes is just a little leaven. It just leavens the whole lump. It does. It's just a little bit of something, and it'll go in there, and it causes it to rise. But you don't even have time for it to rise your bread at all, all right? So we've got to eat it in haste. And in the first day, there should be a holy convocation, and in the seventh day, there should be a holy convocation to you. No matter of work shall be done to them, save that which every man must eat. That only may be done of you. All right, now you pick up before y'all fall asleep. Come on, verse 17. You haven't even made it through a whole chapter. Open your eyes up. Come on now, wake up in here. All right, verse 17. Don't fall asleep yet. Don't first, not on the first chapter. At least let me get into like the third, fourth chapter. Now, come on, slap yourself or something. All right, verse 17. Come on here. Therefore, shall ye observe this day in your generations by an ordinance forever. All right? In the first month of the 14th day of the month at even, ye shall eat unleavened bread until the one and 20th day of the month. All right? All right. So we're almost done. All right. We're getting there. All right. How about we just go on down here a little bit uh, more and maybe let's get, uh, let me see here, verse number... Uh, Let's see what happens to him. Um, help me out, somebody. Let's see. I want to actually just kind of go back and read exactly what happened on that day. Uh, all right. Let's go back down to verse number 29. All right. And it came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. Now, he told them what would happen. All right. I give you instructions on what to do. I told you to take a lamb. I told you how to prepare. I told you to be ready. It, you did, it's not like it came without warning at all. You cannot blame me and say I didn't warn you on exactly what to do. It was you that chose not to do it. It's you that chose not to remember. It's you that chose not to heed the instructions. All right? And at midnight, the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne, unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon, 
and all the firstborn of the cattle, even the cattle. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. Every last one of those houses had experienced um, that death angel, if you will. All right. Unless you had the blood applied to your house, um, you would experience that. And so thank God for the blood. Amen, somebody. Thank God for the blood, y'all. All right. So we can find the origins of Passover. I'm sorry, of communion um, would be in Passover. Now, I told you this is something they would do uh, forever. Now, go ahead and give me my... Um, Put the slides back up for me. Let me see where I would be um, in that. Just bear with me on tonight. You're doing good. Doing real good. There we go. And now you're doing good. <laughs> All right. Give me the next one after that, please. All right. So we read Exodus chapter number 12. Blood is on the, on the doorpost. To the next slide, please. All right. Now, um, now, I wish I really was a lot more um, Jewish inclined, um, but they still, even today, this meal is still um, celebrated or is still eaten amongst Jewish people even on today, all right? Now, this is more so what it would look like, um, the, am I saying this right, the Seder meal or Cedar meal, Seder meal, I want to say, isn't that what you call it, the Seder plate? Am I saying it right? Right? All right, good. All right, now, each one of these things would, would have symbolic meaning on their plate, and they use this to still commemorate that today. Now, we, when we take communion, we're not, this is, is, we're not doing the same exact thing, okay? Of course, we understand that these things were fulfilled in who? Jesus. In Jesus. All right, now, keep that in mind. But Jewish people, even today, they still have all these things. The roasted, boiled egg, um, I believe, is a, a symbolic of the, the destroyed temple and mourning. It's something that they would give out uh, during like funeral services. And so it's more of a bitter meal. Most of the things on this plate are going to be really, really bitter to eat. The parsley that they have on there is dipped in salt water, um, symbolic of the tears. Um, I think there's only like one thing that would be sweet on the plate. Let me give you some of these real quick. Let me just read this to you. Um, the bitter herbs um, is symbolic of the bitterness they had within Egypt. All right. All the bitter slavery, um, the hard-boiled or roasted egg, traditionally hard-boiled eggs were eaten by mourners, all right? Um, and then we have the vegetables, the element, usually parsley is dipped in salt water and eaten, representing hyssop used to apply the door on the door or the blood on the doorpost. The salt water represents the tears shed during the bitter years of slavery and the Red Sea that God split during the Exodus, all right? Um, and then they would have, during that meal, they actually had, you can go to the next slide, they actually had four cups of wine. It wasn't just one cup of wine, four different cups, and those four cups actually had meaning as well. Um, I believe we can go to Exodus chapter number 6, and if I wrote this down correctly, Exodus 6 and verse number 6. Um, let's see here. Wherefore say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord. And I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. All right? So they, they would have one cup to remember that statement. I'll bring you out. I will rid you of their bondage. I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. All right? So there would be four cups that they can take from this statement. The first cup would be the cup of sanctification. Uh, based on that statement, I will bring you out. 
Now, that sounds real good. All right, I'll bring you out. The cup of judgment or deliverance is based on the statement, I will deliver you from slavery. The cup of redemption, I will redeem you. And then the last cup of the cup of praise, um, I will take you to be my people and I will be your God. So this is that traditional Jewish meal. But all of this is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Amen. How about we go to Matthew chapter number five and verse number 17. You don't even have to turn there. So you can put it on the screen faster. You can turn. Praise the Lord, Sister Dana. Dana, try Jesus. All right. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets, but what did Jesus come to do? I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. All right. So all of this uh, Passover and all of these various feasts that the Jews would observe have all been fulfilled in Jesus. All of them find their fulfillment in Jesus Christ. How so, somebody? Anybody out there? Jesus is what? Now, they had to take a lamb, correct? They had to take a lamb. Jesus is our Passover lamb. Here we go. Jesus is our Passover lamb. The sacrificial lamb was to be a year old. Exodus 12 and 5. Don't turn the screen, but somebody grab that for me real quick. Exodus 12 and 5. Let me make some sense of this for you. Exodus 12 and 5. Anybody have you? You can read it out loud for me. Your lamb should be without blemish. The mm -hmm. male of the first year, you should take it out for the sheep. All right. A year old male, a lamb, it had to be, it had to be at least a year old. So in other words, don't take it. Uh, don't get one of those ones that's about to die. Don't get one that's real, real old, but it has to be a year old. Now, I don't know how long lambs or sheep live, um, but I know they don't have the same lifespan as humans. This will be like right in its prime. And likewise, Jesus Christ shed his blood, uh, died at Calvary during his prime. Notice that, you know, he wasn't allowed to live. He didn't live this long, long life right in the middle of his prime. He becomes a sacrifice for all of mankind. All right, let's go to the next slide for me, please. All right. Jesus is our Passover lamb. The lamb was to be without defect. No defect could be found in that lamb at all. Now, don't you go out there and get that one that got one eye, the one that, you know, that's got a broke foot that nobody wants to have, and then you say, well, this is my sacrifice for Passover. No, that's not. It had to be without defect. And we know that Jesus Christ was completely without sin. Amen. Y'all see this? Jesus Christ is our pastor. It's all fulfilled in Jesus Christ. All right. Take me there. Somebody grab first Peter one and 19. Anybody, whoever can grab it fast. You can go ahead and read it out loud. All right. Amen. As a lamb without blemish and without spot. Amen. All right. Let's keep on going. All right. How was Jesus our Passover lamb? All right. The bread or the matzah of Passover was without yeast. All right. And, and just and likewise, Jesus was the bread of life um, without sin. All right. Let's keep on going on tonight. I feel like I got about one or two more. The lamb was to be sacrificed without breaking a bone. Let's go to Exodus 12 and 46. Y'all still with me? All right. Exodus 12 and 46. Um, I think I got it. All right. In one house shall it be eaten. Thou shalt not carry forth alt of the flesh abroad out of the house. Neither shall ye break a bone thereof. All right. And we do know that Jesus, none of his bones were broken. Right. Amen. Not even when they took that spear and they pierced him in his side. 
didn't break any bones. Amen? Even when they took the nails and they pierced his hands, still didn't break any bones at all. And that's according to John 19 and 36, Psalms 34 and 20. Somebody grab Psalms 34 and 20 and somebody else, John 19 and 36. If you got it, you can go ahead and read it. Just help me out on tonight. Help me teach this Bible class on tonight, y'all. Anybody? We'll take our time. All right, not a bone of his was broken. All right, you can plant that crown of thorns on my head, but not a bone will be broken. The nails go in, the thorn or the whip on my back, all those things, but not a bone of, of his was broken at all. All right, um, I believe that might be our last one, possibly. Let's go one more time. All right, so the blood of the lamb was God's gracious provision to save the Jews from Egypt. Likewise, the blood of Jesus was God's gracious provision gracious provision to save both Jews and Gentiles in the world from sin. Amen. How many people know that Egypt is likened to, is a symbol of sin, all right? And thank God that he saves us from the penalty of our sins. Is anybody here just thankful to have Jesus as your Passover lamb? Anybody glad that you don't have to pay that price because he paid it for you? Doesn't that sound like a wonderful thing for us to remember, for us to be glad about, for us to appreciate? Amen. We ought to always keep his sacrifice in the forefront of our minds. And I'm talking about not just at Easter time. We are, I'm talking about every month of the year. We ought to always, every day of the week, we ought to always remember Jesus and what he's done. All right? Now, I'd like us to go on tonight. Uh, let's go over here um, to, how about you give me John chapter number uh, 6. Now, before Jesus even sat down and had this last supper, with his disciples, you would think that his disciples would have in the forefront of their minds or somewhere in their minds a, a memory of what went on, of what transpired even in John chapter number six. Um, this, this meal has never really gone down um, just real, real easy. It's always, it was even a strange saying to a lot of those people and it caused a whole lot of people not to even walk with them anymore according to the scriptures. Let's, let's go over here to John chapter number six. How many of y'all don't raise your hand? How many people went and voted on today? It's your civic duty. Don't raise your hand. Don't tell on yourself now. I'm just curious. Raise your hand if you at least, nobody looking around except for me. Who, who voted on today? Oh, all right. Amen. All right. And all the rest of y'all, come on, saints. So God, do your civic duty and go, and go vote. <laughs> all right. I ain't gonna, that's not what this is about on tonight. Amen. But. Seriously, let's, you can make a difference a lot of times. Don't, if you, if you want to have, have something to say, now's your time. To, on days like this will be your day to say it. Y'all hear me? All right. Um, I'll harp on that another time. All right. Uh, you know, a whole lot of people who don't vote got a whole lot to say. <laughs> but that, that ain't this Bible class, is it? All right. That was a commercial break. Anyway, let's go. <laughs> I'm just fussing. All right. John chapter number six. Um, let's go down to verse, I believe it's verse number, um, well, let's take it from the, let's take it from the top again, but I'm not going to read the whole thing for us. All right. So the first couple of verses, it talks about how Jesus, he came and he fed the 5,000, 5,000 people are fed with just, um, a, a few loaves and small fishes. And then the people get real excited about that, don't they? 
I mean, you feeding all these hungry people. Um, it was about the time of Passover. Even here, the scripture even tells us in verse 4, And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. And when Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come to, unto him, he said unto them, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Not like he didn't know what he would do, but he asked that question. And Philip, Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not enough for them that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto them, There's a lad which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And then look what Jesus says, make him sit down. <laughs> Now there was much grass in the places, so the men sat down at the number about 5,000. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes, as much as they would. And when they were filled, he said unto his, unto, uh, unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain that nothing be lost. So in other words, there was plenty for everybody. There was more than enough. Remember that there's always going to be more than enough. If, if God is in it, he's always going to have enough. All right. Now, let's keep on going. Let's see what happens. Verse number 16. And when he was now come, his disciples went down into the sea and entered into a ship and went over the sea towards Capernaum. And it was now dark and Jesus was not come to them. And the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew. So when they had rowed about five or in 20 or 20 or 30 furlongs, they see Jesus walking on the sea and drawing nigh unto the ship, and they were afraid. But he saith unto them, It is I, be not afraid. Then they willingly received him into the ship, and immediately the ship was at the land whether they went. All right? Let's keep going. Verse number 22. Now you all read. Come on. Verse 22. And when the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and they, so they're following him. They're following Jesus around, all right? They're followers of Jesus, um, but not always following him for the right reason. Huh, somebody? Y'all hear that? Yeah, they're following Jesus. Don't worry about that, baby. They're following Jesus, but not following him for the right reasons. Y'all hear that? I want y'all to hear me tonight. A lot of people follow. Everybody who's following Jesus isn't always following Jesus for the right reasons. All right? So why were they following Jesus? Huh? Somebody said it. Them fishes and loaves. All right, let's keep on going. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? Now, Jesus already knew that they wanted to make him king. After that miracle, oh, you can make bread. Oh, you can feed us all. Oh, we're going to make you the king. So Jesus, that's why he left, you know. So when Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat with, meat with which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, 
for him hath God the Father sealed. All right, come on. Stay with me a little while, y'all. We're going somewhere tonight. 28. Come on. All right, so what shall we do that we might work the works of God? Now, some of you all, if you didn't look on the next verse, you might say something deep, but listen to what he said. Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God that what? I wonder if there's some believers in the house today. How many people still believe God? Any believers? Now, you might do a whole lot of things, but I hope that at the end of the day, I'm so glad you sing in the choir. I'm so glad that you usher. I'm so glad you do this or that. I'm so glad that you give in the offering. I'm so glad that you support the church in attendance. But I hope at the end of the day you're a believer. I hope you got that. I hope you got some faith at the end of the day. All right. All right. And they said, therefore, unto him, what signs showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? Or what dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the day. They keep on going back to this bread. We want to eat something. Hungry. I want to eat something as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Now, back in the day, I remember that manna. They would, all they had to do was just walk out the house and there was all kind of bread on the ground. And Lord, we just saw what you just did. You know, we saw you take that little boy's lunch and feed all these people. So we know you're the bomb.com and I know you got power and I know you can do these great things. And I know, I mean, I, I, I just can't wait to eat our next meal. You know, probably watering at the mouth. But check this out what the Lord says to him. Verse number, where are we at? 32. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore, Give us this bread. Still salivating and things. Give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. You've seen it, but you still don't believe me. Oh, you, you're just hungry over here, but you, you don't believe. Amen. All right. Verse number 37. How about you take that one? 37, 38. Go ahead. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. Doesn't that sound good? Wow. I'm going to read that one again. That, that, I'm a, hold on. I'm taking all that. Give me that back, Brother Patrick. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing but should raise it up again at the last day. How many really still believe God for that? Amen. At the last day, I'm going to raise it up again. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone that which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have what? And I will raise him up what? How many believe that today? I wish I got some people that was excited about that. But, you know, ain't nobody excited about me. That's all right. All right. The Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, is not this Jesus, the son Joe? Ain't you Joseph, boy? I know your mom. I know your daddy, whose father and mother we know. How is it then that, that he said, I come down from heaven? 
Jesus therefore answered and said unto him, Murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. And I will raise him up the last day. Oh, he keep on coming back with that. I mean, he gave it to you the first. I'm going to raise him up the la in the last day. Second time, he gave it in the third time. And by this time, you ought to start hearing. I will raise him up the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. Every man, therefore, that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Not that any man hath seen the Father, save he which is of God, he hath seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. Come on, verse 48. What y'all say now? Come on. Your fathers did eat man in the wilderness. Now, I know you got excited about that, but they're dead. You eat this bread, you're going to live forevermore. <laughs> what? Now, which one do you want? Now, you want that bread? You want, I know manna sound real nice, the little, little uh, whatever, the little round things that were on the ground. Sound, you didn't even have to work for it. You just got your day's worth of it. You just come on out there. Amen. You know, but the next day, you're going to be hungry again. All right? And those people that ate that, they're dead and gone. Amen? But this bread that I'm going to give you, if you partake of me, you will have everlasting life. My God. All right. Now, I'm enjoying this myself. This is all for me, I guess. All right, verse number uh, 49. I, we're going to have to stay on that. I wasn't even trying to read the whole thing, I, but I'm going to have to keep on going. Y'all just, just be mad. Your fathers did eat man in the wilderness and are dead. Verse 50. This is the bread which cometh not or cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forevermore. He just, notice how many times he just keeps saying it. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. All right? Now, he keeps on saying that. Now, keep on. Go down to verse number 53. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. And that's when folks start scratching their head and say, well, I'm out of here. Because that sounds a little strange for me. That ain't what I wanted. I was looking for some rye, maybe some wheat, you know, maybe a, a loaf of bread or something. But I wasn't, I wasn't eating, looking at you like you. No, that's not what I was looking for. All right. But what does he go on to say? Verse number 54. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. All right? So as we partake of the Lord's Supper, as we partake of the Lord, as we um, do that symbolically of, of partaking of the Lord, we ought to have in the forefront of our mind that he will raise us up at the last day. My God, that he is coming again one day. All right? Now, hold that thought because we're going to get there in a little while here. This is that bread, I'm in 58, which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. All right? Now, let's go down here to verse number um, 66. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Now, I wonder how many people in here, I, I, you know, maybe you didn't have the, the physical or the natural uh, thing that you uh, thought would happen, you know, because they just serve God for the fishes and loaves, all right? Um, but I wonder if anybody's just really in love with Jesus for the sake of Jesus. 
I wonder if there's somebody in here that maybe you hadn't got what you wanted, you know, that immediate breakthrough or that natural blessing hadn't come, but you just still are in love with Jesus. And you can see you got you got uh, you got you can see you're farsighted. You can see a bigger picture. You can see what is to come. All right. Maybe all of the things that you have in your hopes and dreams have not been realized as of yet. But you can still have your focus and attention and your love um, with Jesus Christ. All right. Those are the people that I'm talking to on tonight. All right. Those that just want the fishes and loaves that are in love with the blessing rather than the blessor. You know, maybe not so much on tonight. All right. I hope you come around and start falling in love with Jesus. All right. And that you have a, a bigger picture in your head. All right. Now, uh, let's go over here now. I would, it's, it's so funny to me how quickly that they forgot about this. Let's go over here to Luke chapter number 22. I, I believe we can find it there. Am I going too fast tonight for you all? Thank you, Sister Alexis. All right, Luke 22. Luke 22. All right, now this is one of those uh, stories. You can find this in the Gospels in, in, in various places, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Um, let's just look at certain places where he eats this last supper, all right? Luke 22, um, we'll start at verse number 7, all right? All right, you can go ahead and read for me. All right, now I told you that all of this, this, they were celebrating something that had probably for over 1,400 years um, since the story of Exodus until what you just read in the days of Jesus Christ. Probably 1,400 years had gone by, but yet every single year they're still celebrating the Passover. Y'all hear that? Every single year, but something different is going to happen this year. Jesus is going to fulfill. Notice it happens at the same time. Now, what's going to happen next in the story? Jesus is going to die. Isn't it interesting that right at Passover, Jesus would give his life and sacrifice his life because Jesus is our Passover lamb. It was all fulfilled in Jesus Christ. All right. Now, we, you know, I can go on and on about how all of these different uh, Jewish feasts, uh, the Feast of Pentecost, who would have thought on this given day when all the Jews would come back uh, to Jerusalem that the Lord would really fulfill Pentecost and pouring out his spirit on that day. All these things have been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Ain't nobody hearing me on tonight. Come on here. Stay with me for a minute. Verse number nine. And they said unto him, where thou that we prepare? Verse 10. Come on, you read. Bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house where he entereth in. Now, no, normally, you know, women would carry the uh, pitchers of water. But this time, the Lord wanted them to recognize that this was something different. So when you see this man carrying a pitcher of water, that's going to be your sign. Follow him. The Lord has a way of directing people. And you shall say to the good men of the house, the master saith unto thee, where is the guest chamber that I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? Verse 12. All right. All right. Now, uh, let's see here. Where do I want to go to now? Um, just bear with me on tonight. We get somewhere. Come on, Holy Ghost. Um, all right. I want to actually get down to the portion of it where they actually take um, the Lord's Supper together. Somebody help me out. Just kind of skim through this just for a minute. 17. 17. Oh, going for Elder Mike, I'll be 
Sitting up here embarrassed. Praise the Lord for Elder Mike. All right. And he took the cup. Thank you, sir. All right. Um, how about we go up a little bit, though, Elder Mike? Um, let's go back to 13. I was almost there. Um, and he said unto them, with desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. What's that mean, somebody? Well, wait. Anybody tell me what that means? I'm not going to eat this anymore until um, I eat it again. All right. Until when? What does he say again? Until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Any preachers in here? Help me out with that one. No. All right. Yes, sir. It's talking about consummation at the end of all things, marriage supper of the Lamb. The marriage supper of the Lamb. Ooh, don't you want to be there? At the marriage supper of the Lamb, don't you want to go when we finally sit down together and have this fellowship with the Lord? All right, but he's, this is, I want you to take this seriously because the next time that we take this together with me, it's going to be in the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he took the cup and gave thanks and said, come on, take this. And come on, y'all sleep. Wake up. We're almost there. Take this. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. And he took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave it unto them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise, also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. And that is the cup that we're going to be taking um, on Sunday morning. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Just so nobody is alarmed, I will be just do there will be just one cup. And that's this cup that we'll be taking. This cup, this cup of redemption. This is the cup of the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. I know that traditionally around here that we've done two, but we will do one cup. All right. And this is where I take this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. What did I say before? How many cups they did do in the, um, in the four different cups? But the, the cup that the Lord took um, and said, do this in remembrance of me was this particular cup of redemption. And so that is why I would just be doing one cup. All right. Amen. 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 All right. So let's keep on going here on today. Now, um, I feel like I put that in perspective pretty good for us on today. Um, oh, we ought to just, I just feel like we just should remember Jesus. Uh, this, is, this is my humble attempt just to get you to remember what the Lord has done for us. All right. Um, let's go here to, let's go over here to uh, chapter number 23 since we're already so close to it. And let's just kind of remember this on tonight, what the Lord has done. All right. Um, how about we go to verse number 26. Jesus is led away to be crucified. I know this is nothing new for us tonight, but I don't want this to become commonplace. It, it, it makes me afraid when you get so used to hearing about the sacrifice of Jesus that it, it doesn't move you anymore. That it doesn't just touch your heart anymore. That you don't see how the Lord, a sinless man, took your place. When you understand how guilty you were and how it should have been you, it ought to, I mean, there ought to do something to you when you hear this. All right. You know, I thank God for the shed blood at Calvary. And as they led him away, they laid hold upon Simon, a Cyrenian, coming out of the country. And on him they laid the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. I'm in verse 27. And there followed him a great company of people and of women, which also bewailed and lamented him. 
But Jesus turning unto them said, daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming in which they shall say, blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bear and the paps which never gave suck. Then shall they begin to say to the mountains, fall on us and to the hills cover us. All right, let's keep on going. Um, verse number 32. And there shall were also two other malefactors led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots, and the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with them derided him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he be Christ, the chosen one. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And a superscription also was written over him in the letters of the Greek and the Latins and the Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. So they mocked him and put a crown of thorns on his head, nails in his hand or in his uh, in his hands and in his feet, whipped him. I mean, opened up his back, bloodied, scarred, bleeding, mocked him, criticized him, all of these things, spit in his face, in his face and all those things. And, and after he got done doing all that, what he has asked us to do is just this do in remembrance of me. Don't forget. Don't forget. This, this, this do in remembrance of me. Every time that you take this cup, every time that you take this bread, do it in remembrance of me. Of me. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. I, I, I have to do this tonight because I just don't want anybody in here just to make this commonplace. You know, when we walk around here on Sunday, I don't want you just to be, you know, you know, just kind of brush it off. It's due in remembrance of me. Understand the significance of it, all right? All right, 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. I know we had a lot of scriptures to read tonight, but that's what Bible this is. We're studying the Bible on tonight. I mean, if you have some comments or anything, you can, you can throw them out here. Amen. But this do in remembrance of me. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter number, I believe it's 11 that I want. Um, yeah, that's what I want. Let's go down to verse number um, 17. Y'all there? All right, now in this, that I declare unto you, I praise you not that you come together, not for the better, but for the worse. When y'all come together, you come together for the worse. Oh <laughs> hey, that sounds, that's, we in trouble already. I mean, Elder White, yes, sir. I was thinking about the scripture talks about drinking and taking it unworthily. And we're going here, to, that's where we're going, Brother White. I appreciate you saying that, because that's where we're going. I, I just got to clear some stuff up before we can... Uh, get to Sunday. I'm trying to lay that foundation. For first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you. And I partly believe it. For there must be also heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. Alright? So when you come together, you come together for better, or not for better, but for worse, and there'll be divisions among you. All right, now let's get that worked out. If you got some divisions, if you need to forgive, if you need to let some stuff go, uh, just let it go. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't want anything to hold me back, especially something that's just some little petty disagreement. Why would you, you know, if the Lord has forgiven us, how many people in here have been forgiven? Yes, sir. 
Every last one of us have been forgiven. So those who have been, and I'm talking about there's most of us in here. If I said forgiven of much, most of us in here will raise our hand. So let's not be stingy with forgiveness. All right? And let's make sure before we take this, you know, if you got some unforgiveness in your heart, just let stuff go. You know, it's not worth it. You know, forgive. Move on. Let's stay connected to each other. Amen? All right? All right? Because if the Lord forgave you and you're not willing to forgive somebody else, mm, all right, let's keep on going. For there must be heresies. I read that verse number 20. When ye come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. Y'all didn't come in here to eat the Lord's Supper is what he's saying here. That ain't, you know, you might be saying you're doing that, but that's not what y'all came in here to do. All right. Now, I heard what you I heard what you were saying, Elder White. Now, you all the way down here in um, I believe you you down here way down there in verse number uh, 27 is where Elder White was. I believe 27 is it 27. He's at 27. Yeah. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup unworthily. All right. Now, a, a lot of times we single out that verse, but let's get it in context. So before y'all hone in on that one, let's zoom out a little bit. All right. Now, all right, where are we at? Let's go back up. 20. When you come together, therefore, into this place, it's not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, everyone taketh before the other of his own supper, and one is hungry, and another is drunken. All right, now they had these big old things called, what, agape feast. Oh, that's, I mean, how, you know, that's just so fitting. Our church is named Agape, but they would have these big Agape feasts, and what they were basically were just potlucks. Everybody bring your dish in, and you come in here, and let's sit down, and let's have, uh, you know, let's just have a nice time together. That sounds good to me. You know, everybody come in here, and let's have a nice dinner. You know, you bring some green beans, you bring this, you bring that, and we'll all come in here, we'll eat together. And all these things. But what would happen there is that they would have preferential treatment for some. Some folks would come and get fed first, and some people would get pushed to the side. You know, and then and ultimately the Lord would get pushed aside because they would blend into this meal the Lord's Supper. All right? But they would forget. They would have no regard for the Lord's body. They, all it was was just about just eating a whole bunch of food and somebody getting filled. It's almost like we went back to John chapter number 6 again, and it's all about just the fishes and loaves. All right? And we forgot, you know, what this, we forgot to reverence the sacrifice that God made for us. It's all about reverencing him. Mm. If I can't get you to do anything else, is when you at least come around to take a reverence what he's done, all right? Don't have your mind everywhere else. Reverence and hone in and realize the significance of the sacrifice that Jesus has made. Don't get distracted by everything else, all right? So in these big agape feasts, there would be a lot of distraction, a lot of people just doing anything. Let's keep on reading for a minute here. Verse 21, I believe. For in eating, everyone taketh before the other of his own supper, and one is hungry and another is drunken. I want y'all to read this in context. How many people know context is important? Very important. So many times we just take one little verse out, and if you don't see the big picture, then you'll just have your own little meaning. You'll read into it rather than you allow, you're extrapolating the meaning from it. All right? Okay, um, let's stop at verse 22. What have ye not houses to eat in? If y'all were going to do all that, you could just stay at home. Ain't you got somewhere to eat? Don't you got a refrigerator to eat in? Or despise ye the church of God and shame them that have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. No, I'm not giving you no credit for these agape feasts that you have. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. 
This, come on, read, y'all. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat of this bread and drink of this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. How many cups? This cup. Is that singular? Don't, don't come for me. <laughs> Verse 27. I know somebody's going to come in. We always did. I, I, listen, I, I'm more, I'm, let me tell you what I'm, rather than just following tradition, I want to make sure I follow this. I really do. I, I want to make sure I follow this. Somebody's feeling hurt right now. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh, drinketh damnation to himself not discerning the Lord's body. Y'all hear that last part? What's that last line? It said not doing what? Okay, so the one thing, to me, that's the kicker right there. Not discerning the Lord's body. Give me a translation on, on verse number 29, please, if you don't mind. And I want you all, when she puts it up there, um, read it for me, because that's going to buy me some time to find this um, same chapter. Go ahead. Is it up there? Come on, read, y'all. bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ. Y'all hear that? Yeah. So in other words, when we read this in context, I, I know so many times that what we, we take that one scripture out and what we want to say, you know, when we drink it unworthily, that means that if, you know, that if you haven't um, cleaned yourself up and, you know, if you haven't um, gone somewhere and, you know, and just got your act together and all these things, then that would be taking the cup unworthily. When I read this in its context, what I'm seeing is that we are dishonoring him or we're not, we don't have a regard for the Lord's body. Um, when I read it in this whole context, I can see the atmosphere um, at these agape feasts where they were just, you know, fussing and fighting, pushing people to the side and things. And they, in, in doing that, they forgot what this thing was all about. All right. Now, and I know what we have done with this particular scripture is that we've taken this and then we've we've uh, almost read fear into it where people, you know, are now afraid to take it. And I'm not saying that you should not be. Listen to what I'm saying carefully. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have some regard. You know, I, I, you know what? Before I know some of you all use communion as like this rapture drill. You know, I, you know, we do that type of stuff. We make it into this rapture drill. But the careful thing that we ought to do is to remember, you know, we shouldn't just all of a sudden get saved at communion time. That's right. I mean, seriously, all of a sudden, you, you don't know when the Lord is going to come. I mean, and all of a sudden, we just, woo, just, woo, you know, make this, you know, do all this type of stuff. Jesus can come anytime. I mean, I, that's why I don't really feel like that I ought to put everybody on this, you know, this one time a year where we go on this long, long fast. And all of a sudden we just get real, real saved for one period of the year. And then we live like the devil all year long. <coughs> to me, there's something wrong with that. You know, it's just like, a, you know, one of these crash diets that we take. All of a sudden you on Jenny Craig for a week. 
and then you eating Thanksgiving every other day you, for the rest of the 365 days. You eating Thanksgiving every day. You got you a plate, every, warming you a plate up every day. Uh, you got frozen leftovers. Just, I mean, seriously, I mean, you eating cheeseburgers and milkshakes every day, and then one time out of the year, you know, you, well, this time I had me a, a slim fast. You know, no, that, that's not what this is about. I'm telling you, that's these, these crash diet and all this up and down type of stuff. No, that's not healthy. You know what God wants from us is he would much rather have a lifestyle. Ooh, a lifestyle that is pleasing to God. Y'all hear that? Instead of all of a sudden you just one time a year get real, real good and say, why don't we just live our lives pleasing to God all year long? Amen. And remember the Lord. Amen. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't that be a good thing for us to do? Amen. And when we come in here to do this type of thing, remember the Lord. And what I'm saying is as we, as we, as we try, I, don't, I just don't want us to add to the scriptures. Um, and add our own thoughts into this thing. Um, first of all, let me say this. None of us, and I, I, well, let me stand up on this one, because I feel like I want to be flat-footed when I say this. None of us can clean ourselves up by ourselves. Now, I'm going to say this. It doesn't make sense to me that when you, if you have sinned against the Lord, for you to run away from the blood of Jesus. Unless you just really want to stay in sin and you want to live in sin and you don't want to repent, then I guess you do need to run. But to me, if you've committed sin, then you need to repent and run to the blood of Jesus. Y'all hear that? Now, I'm just, I'm a, I, I know I'm a new pastor and I'm just, you know, I might not be the brightest crayon in the box out here. But I just, I do know at least that, you know, that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all of our sins. And I do know that it just doesn't quite make sense for you to just stay at home, you know, if you got problems in your life and you have sin that you need to overcome and things, then you need to come to church. You need to come to the blood of Jesus. You need to repent of your sins and you need to get some help. Amen. Because you're doing this. Because even if, if you did stay home and you try to do it by yourself, you would never be successful outside of the blood of Jesus. Come on. I mean, this is just common sense to me. We need the blood of Jesus. Somebody give God praise for his blood today. So here's what I'm saying. You know, if, if you've committed sin, then what you do, Lord, forgive me. Cleanse me. Have mercy on me. Lord, I want to be in, in agreement with what you've come to do. You came to clean my life up, God. Please forgive me, Lord, for taking part of things that were not pleasing unto you. God, I'm coming to you just as humbly as I know how, God, repenting of my sins. Now, Lord, I ask you to wash me, cleanse me in your blood, God. I thank you for it. I appreciate you for it. And that's what you ought to do. Y'all hear that? Y'all hear that? Instead of, because somebody right now, you about to just stay at home and hide, you know. What, what's that about? That, I, I don't see that. That's not what we're supposed to do. Run to the blood. Run to the blood. Don't run from it. That's what the enemy would love for you to do is just to run away from the blood of Jesus. Come on. And I, and I love how the Lord in New Testament salvation, how he just blows this, just blows the doors off. Of, takes the curtains. I mean, just takes the, the veil of the temple and he rinses it in twain. And he makes it accessible. Come on. Whosoever will. And that's, I'm tell, I want to make this thing accessible. If you need the blood of Jesus, yes, you can take the blood of Jesus. Now, I know that you all in your traditions are going to try to put all these stipulations on things. Um, but the scripture says, examine yourself. 
Before you be looking around on Sunday morning and telling me and telling other people who should be taken of it, each man got to judge in himself. You know, you mind your own business, look within instead of looking without. Amen. You need to be worried about yourself. Amen. And the rest is just between me and the Lord. All right. Amen. Amen. Examine yourself. All right. And then that, that's, that's what it's going to be. Amen. All right. Did I, let me stand real good and flat footed on that. That's what it is. Amen. And I, I thought about it over and over again. I, I just don't see that being New Testament salvation. The Lord is, makes itself accessible to people. Come on in here. You want to repent of your sins? You know, now I'm not talking to those people. If you want to be in, in variance, you don't want to repent of your sins. You don't want to let go of things. You're not ready to make a change in your life. Then please abstain. You don't need to be. No, you don't need. If you're not, if that's not the life that you want, if you don't want to give your life over to the Lord and walk in agreement with him, then you don't need to take the Lord's Supper. Y'all hear me? All right. I'm, I'm, I told you. Now it's up to you whether you right. take it or not. Yes, ma'am. Well, foot washing is there on that same night, I believe, um, that Jesus did. He washed their feet. That was just this. He washed their feet and he came around and all the disciples. He washed their feet and then they went into this meal. So it, even though it was the same night, it is, two, it is two separate things. Traditionally, we do do foot washing and communion together and we will eventually do that. Just not this time. All right. Is that all right? All right. But if y'all really want to get some water and wash some feet, I mean, I, I, mean <laughs> I, I won't stop you. You know, though, if you if you feel like you're going to make an appointment after for you know, because we didn't have foot washing, please get you a bowl of water somewhere and go back and wash somebody's feet. Please, y'all. Seriously, I'm doing the best I can. This is what we're doing this time. I know. I know we will have foot washing. All right. I appreciate it, sir. Brother John, he don't want to wash no feet this time. No. <laughs> You know what, but I, I really, I will say this, Sister Brianna, in that I really feel like that the Lord, you know, what he's showing us through that is by is serving each other. Y'all hear that? And I, I really feel like, to be honest with you, I really feel like the principle, a lot of times we, we, we take that literal, um, and no, none of us walk these dusty roads. We don't live in this culture of Israel. It's not the same as it was back in those days. We don't live, we don't, we, we have this, uh, we don't even have that mindset of, of ancient Israelites walking through these dusty roads at all. And so what we do, we go and get pedicures and all these things and cut our toenails down and, you know, and, you, you know, and wash the feet as if it was the same thing. No, it's not the same thing. Amen. But the principle that I can see here is that we should be serving each other. Amen. We should be serving each other. We should be loving each other. We should be caring about each other. Even after you get done washing somebody's feet and drying them off. Amen. Because if all you're doing is just going through some ritual of washing people's feet. And at the end of the day, you don't even care about your brother and sister. And you shut up your bowels of compassion when somebody's in need. You haven't even met what the scripture says anyhow. All right. So let's go over here to Acts. I'm glad you said that. Acts chapter number two real fast. Let's hurry and get to the latter end of that. Acts chapter number two in verse number 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Y'all hear that? In breaking of bread. Uh, many of the uh, scholars actually believe that that was actually them doing that in remembrance of the Lord. And fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were... Come on, help me out. What's that word? Oh, no, come on. We gotta, if we're going to say together, at least let's be together. They were all what? Together and had all things in common. Now, we might not live, be living this communal lifestyle that they lived in the early church, but I'm hoping we can at least get together. 
I hope that we can set our discord, variance, unforgiveness, bitterness, you know, all the little things that we have, that we our little hiccups and hangups to the side, and let's get together, all right? And let's stay on one accord, all right? Or with one accord, all right? And had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men as every man had need, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house. You know, and I love how the Lord just lined this up, you know, about how on the same day of communion, how we will be going to each other's houses for Sunday night service. I think that's just a beautiful lineup that I didn't even put together, just how the Lord would have that, you know. And I'm hoping that as we go into each other's house, I'm praying that the Lord would just allow us to be able to pray together, to get together, to be on one accord, you know. And just to, you know, I, I just believe the Lord's going to do something special. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat with eat their meat with sink with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Amen. Amen. Praise God for that. So uh, Sunday, I don't want anybody, you know, if you I don't want anybody just avoiding the blood of Jesus. I mean, I, I don't see that in scriptures. He wants, he, come on, come to me. All ye that labor and heavy laden. If you want to repent of your sins, if you want to be washed in the blood, why hide? I mean, come on, let's not go all the way back to the Garden of, uh, of Eden, you know, and I Adam hiding in the garden. Why would you be somewhere at home hiding from the blood of Jesus when all you have to do is confess and he's faithful and just to forgive. Come on, it's not like he's just going to be stingy with forgiveness. He would love to cleanse you in his blood. Amen. And, 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 and quit thinking it's going to take a long, long time. God is not like man. You know, some people will, boy, they hold that thing against you all week long. And he, you know, God ain't like your spouse or your, or your kids. Boy, they mad at you still. Or, you know, a month later or, you know, somebody a whole decade later still harping on something, mad about something. God ain't angry like that at you. You know what? If you would just confess your sins, he is faithful and just. You know, he'll forgive you before you can forgive yourself. My God, you over there still hung up on it, mad at yourself. You know, you still over there sulking, and God is like, what you talking about? That's in the sea of forgive forgiveness. I don't even know what you're talking You know, he done moved on to something else. My God, you know, stop fishing in the blood of Jesus. My God, so many times you threw your little line out there, and you're trying to reel something in, you know, that's real, real old. It's already under the blood. Amen. Somebody give God praise for the blood of Jesus. We ought to remember him. Aren't you so glad that he just keeps on cleaning us up, being so merciful and kind to us that he wants to keep us clean? My God. I just keeps on picking up. My God. Hallelujah. You know, it's, it's time. I mean, I, around, around my, just my spiritual house, it's like he just keeps on picking it up, cleaning it up, and just helping me to stay clean before him. Amen? Amen. Because I don't feel comfortable in sin. You know, it was today. You know, just today. I, even, I got just a couple minutes left. Just bear with me tonight. Um, I know that's been a lot of reading on tonight, but I was uh, earlier today just thinking about this Bible class, just reading a lot of scriptures and things, and I just wanted to at least put, us, put this in perspective for us tonight so that we would come in here and make sure that we honor Jesus on Sunday when we take of communion. 
Um, but I, I don't know how I just got so frustrated today. And I just, I went out, Sister Michelle was here. I said, oh, Sister Michelle's here. Let me go talk to somebody. Sometimes I get lonely in here, so I just bug Sister Michelle when she's in here. Amen. <laughs> and so I come over there and just talk to her, get on her nerves. She's over there trying to work, and I'm talking to her, or somebody else might visit. But this, I, I had some other clothes, and I went on and took a walk around uh, uh, Northwest Fleet Park. Just, you know, sometimes getting a message and a word from God, preachers will know what I'm talking about. It's not always linear. You know, you don't just all of a sudden just sit at a desk one day and just like, ooh, you know, and you just, you know, just spills out of you. I mean, sometimes it's a process to hear from God. Sometimes, Lord, to give you a little bit, a little bit more here. And then sometimes you got to just walk away, take a break, pray for a minute, and then maybe the Lord will give you some inspiration. And so the Lord put me through one of those on today. And as I went out, I noticed all in front of our church uh, as I was walking out there, I mean, it was just a mess out there. Some bag of trash had flown off of some truck. And I mean, it's like a split open, and I mean, little diapers, little doo doo diapers, and everything else is all over the front. Little, I, I know it was somebody with a baby because I got a baby. I know the, the little wipes and all kind of stuff just floating around. All, and I mean, the front of the church just looked a hot mess. And I thought to myself, well, you know what? I'm the pastor. I can call the, you know, you know, maybe the groundskeepers or somebody else to pick this up. Get, maybe I get the young people to come on out here and do it. But no, I thought to myself, no, Jason, come on, man, get on out here and clean this up. You know, because I know it would bother me. And I thought about how the Lord, mm. I'm telling you, it, it just, as I was out there picking that up, it was almost like the Lord was showing, you know, he didn't send somebody else. He didn't send somebody else to keep the church clean, to clean us up. He himself came. 42 generations came from eternity down into time. Through the Virgin Mary, my God, was born into this world. Walked among simple man, my God. Came down here to clean us up, my God. And he's still keeping us clean, even on today. Somebody right there, you ought to give God praise. Like, just still picking things up and just tidying things up, my God. And just cleaning us, cleaning us up. You know, he sent somebody else to do that. I mean, and, I, and, I, and he's keeping us clean. My God, there's times, I don't know about you, I know that you all just perfect people, boy, but it's sometimes I just all of a sudden just find myself, ooh, how did all that litter get around here? Anybody ever do some self-reflection and you look within and you just like, you don't like what you see? Am I the only one? Sometimes I look in my heart and I think, ooh, I don't like what I see. And that's when I say, Lord, cleanse me in your blood one more time. My God. Wash all this bitterness, wash all this pride, wash all this anger, wash all whatever it is, lust, temptation, so whatever it is, you know. And God is always faithful. Anytime I come to him, he always is going to make us clean. Somebody, come on one more time. Can we remember Jesus on today? Won't he make you clean, somebody? Won't he make you clean, somebody? My God, sinners plunge beneath that flood and they lose all their guilty stain. Somebody in here, if you've been stained before, I mean a ground in stain, I ought to hear you giving God some praise on tonight. Come on, start standing on your feet. Come on, just work with this preacher on tonight. Think about what he done for you. All week long, let's just keep him in the forefront of our mind. Always remembering Jesus. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for cleaning me up. Thank you for helping me, Lord. Thank you for helping me to stay clean, Lord. Thank you for your blood that never loses its power. Thank you for your redemption. Thank you for the wonderful free gift of salvation. Thank you.
you, Lord God, that you want me to be saved. Thank you that you're for me, Lord, and not against me. Thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for your kindness and your love. My God, we love you on today, Lord. Father, Lord God, it is my prayer. Father, Lord, I've tried to bring attention to your word, Lord God. You are the Passover lamb. I'm Ashataya. Oh, God, it was not because of Israel's goodness. It was not because Israel was just such a wonderful nation. It was not because Israel was just so squeaky clean, but it was because of the blood of the Lamb, Lord, that you allowed that Passover, that death angel, that you passed over them, Lord. Lord God, and I know today, Lord, it's, it's still true even today. Because of the blood of Jesus, God, we thank you, Lord. It's not because of our own goodness, not because we've been just so wonderful, Lord, not because we've dotted every I and crossed every T, but it's because of the blood of Jesus, Lord. Hallelujah that we have found redemption and justification, God. Hallelujah and freedom, Lord God, from sin on today. We bless you, we praise you, and we will not steal your glory. Somebody you in here, you better not steal God's glory. I refuse to steal your glory. Come on, you know what you did. You know where you will not steal your glory. We will remember you, Lord. Hallelujah in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen.